Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the long underwear edition of the Patrick Lally Show. It is another grand and glorious day in the best little city in America, is it not? I can, I can hear you all nodding out there. What a lovely, lovely day it is today. Uber producer Dan Peters is out today, so I'm flying solo. Thanks for spending some of your precious time with me today. Whether you're out and about doing the holiday returning thing, for which I, I feel your pain, whether you're huddled by a laptop somewhere trying to stay warm or putting in some hard time at the office, you're one of the few, as it turns out. Remember, you can listen anytime at KSOO.com or on the move with the new KSOO mobile app that is available for iOS and Android. It is a fine, fine product by any measure. You're going to want to get that because not only do you get the live stream for KSOO, but you see the latest news and updates and, you know, some of my scribblings, my scribblings and Dan Peters news. So you can get all of that on your KSOO mobile app. And of course, you can easily, easily stream this show, uh, the Main Street Cafe in the morning or any of other fine programming here during the day. My sincerest, sincerest apologies to any of you folks out there who are trapped here from warmer climates after the holidays. Uh, If you are out with your relatives driving around wondering how on earth you ended up here, we're all very, very sorry for the terribly cold weather. But, you know, this is probably not what you signed up for, but that's the way it goes. Looks like things might get up to the teens on Thursday, so you want to might want to mark your uh, activity calendar for that day to go outside and uh, enjoy it if you can. That's the warm day. As for the rest of you people, for you South Dakotans, for you Sioux Fallsians, buck up. Buck up, people. You live here. You should be ready for this. You should have all the appropriate gear. There is no bad weather, only bad gear. There's no need to hermitize yourself. Otherwise, you're going to be in for a long stretch of Netflix, uh, depending on how long your leftovers last. You can't stop living, people. You can't stop living. Make, uh, make accommodations and move forward. Conquer or be conquered, I say. There's a reason God made merino wool, as I'm wearing today, Gore-Tex, and charcoal hand warmers. It's just for stretches like this week. You know, the good thing is, normally... You get hit with this thing early. You get hit with this sub-zero stretch, the long one. If it comes early, then it kind of goes away. You might have some dips and doodles there along the way. But generally speaking, you, you don't want to go into December or the end of December without having the big freeze because then you know it could be bad, bad news, people. If you're watching on Facebook Live, thank you very much. We're always there. Or following along on Twitter at P. Lally Show. You can always chat with us through those venues. I appreciate that. And if you are watching, you see that I am wearing my my toque, my Canadian-style head warmer, and a hoodie. And uh, I've got my long johns on. I'm ready to go, man. I am, I am prepared here in the palatial and chilly KSOO studios. It's been a great holiday stretch thus far. I hope it has been for you. It's going to take a while for the food and drink to wear off. However, I did my best to fight back with some physical activity, but it really was a losing battle after all. It always is, isn't it? No matter how hard you try, you still carry around 
the food guilt. And at some point today, I was trying to reacclimate to the world, uh, you know, checking up on news and such, trying to figure out what actually happened over the weekend, which was, by the way, almost nothing, as it often is. But I realized that the roof of my mouth, you know, when my tongue could feel the roof of my mouth, you know, and it had been tortured, tortured and torn by a barrage of hot liquids, sharp snack foods, uh, you know, anything that, all the different kinds of stuff that kind of tears at the top of your mouth and maybe your sides of your, it's just, I'm suffering. My mouth is suffering from an overuse injury. I've like, I've sprained my tongue. Mm. It hurts, but I've just sort of now become conscious of it. You know, it's like, it's like the second day after a hard workout, you know, your body is starting to fight back against all the abuse on the top of my mouth. It may, I can't hardly eat anything now. I think it's, I think that's what's going to have to happen though. Like even like some toast, you know, or anything like that. And I, get, I can feel the top of my mouth. It's not good. It may be, it may be time for a, a purge like six months of a purge. There's been discussion in my circles, in my life, about the vegetarian January being a real thing. We'll see. that It seems to be trending that way. We're going to see how long it holds, you know, how long we can hold out. Because, you know, we're going to be talking about this a little later. I'm going to bring this up. It's, uh, it's the burger battle downtown. And we're going to chat about that a little bit. But... Uh, yeah, so I'm recovering. I hope you all are as well, and you're feeling not too bad and ready to tackle it. I know a lot of you good people are off all week. That's become we become sort of like Belgium here. Everybody takes the week off between Christmas and New Year's. I've never got to do that, and I really should. I should look into it. the uh, The radio studios here at uh, Results Radio are. I'm, I'm not going to say they're abandoned, but they're. It's not the hub the humming hub of activity that it normally is. So I'm glad if you're able to do that, that you're able to take a little time off and that you have chosen to spend it here. I hope to entertain you for uh, the next couple hours with some news and politics, uh, maybe a little bit of sports. We'll get a, we'll get uh, maybe some weather. Uh, we'll talk about downtown. We're going to have a good time. Uh, we actually have a great show for you today. As always, our guests include Joe Sneevy. He is the City Hall reporter for Argus Leader Media, and he'll be here, be here in the second hour. We'll preview the council's big special meeting tonight that you heard about in the top of the hour in the news with Mr. Jeff Harkness, and uh, they're going to decide that much maligned contract to manage the three public golf courses. There's some other good stuff going on with the city. You know, you got the mayor's race and just transparency, transparency, transparency. So we'll talk to Joe about that. The Buffalo Maiden will be in for a special appearance, a Tuesday appearance on Weird Friends. The holiday scheduling is messing up all of my uh, uh, normal cast of characters there, but the Buffalo Maiden is going to take care of us. We'll explore the finer points of one of the favorite topics of ours on this show, and that is a quality hamburger. Joe Batchelor of downtown Sioux Falls will preview the upcoming burger battle in January that goes on every year downtown. That'll be fun. And I'll have a P&L statement just after the break. Today's topic, topic, golf, baby. You couldn't, you just can't get away from it. It's good stuff. That's all coming up next on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000, 
KSOO. 317 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. We're getting a little closer to free today with our friends the Bodines and the PL statement. Great message there from the Bodines that I like to play before every day's PL statement. That time when I look through the news and find things that are of interest to me, and I hope of interest to you to chat about here on the show. Uh, as I said earlier, uh, not a lot going on this weekend, as you might expect with the whole holiday and such. Uh, but I did see this morning that uh, uh, the president is, he's vacationing down at uh, Mar-a-Lago with the fam, doing his, doing his Christmas down in Florida. And uh, he predicts that the GOP and the Dems will agree on a health care plan this year. President Donald Trump is predicting that Democrats and Republicans will, quote, eventually come together on a new health care plan for the country. Sending a Twitter post early Tuesday from his Florida resort, Trump said, quote, the very unfair and unpopular individual mandate has been terminated as part of our tax cut bill, which essentially repeals, parenthetically, over time, Obamacare. Well, you know, Obamacare is still going, but... Uh, as you know, much of it, it remains intact. Uh, people signed up like normal, um, even though there's no penalty because, you know, they need health insurance. So uh, the Republicans, said, as you remember, had tried to repeal the entire thing, but couldn't get it through the Senate. That all broke down. Um, you know, I, I for one, uh, I, I've said many times because that I'm on Obamacare, that that's where I get my insurance and things needed to change. Well, there were a little changes, mostly in my life, that caused Obamacare to work really well for me now. <laughs> so I hope it doesn't go away because I need insurance. But, you know, there, here's what I hope. Here's what I hope on this, that after all this tumult, that they actually can go back into Obamacare and fix it. Okay, make changes. The thing is, you know, already seven, six, seven years old. Nothing, you know, nothing lasts forever. Nothing's perfect, particularly huge federal legislation. Fix it. We fixed all kinds of stuff. We can fix this, right? People need insurance. Let's not make it that hard. But my, my, uh, my expectation is that, you know, the president will start insulting people again, and then it'll all go off the rails. But let's hope. Let's hope. I, you know, I don't hold out any uh, great uh, optimism that anything is going to happen in the next uh, year of Congress because it's 2018, baby. We're already back in, back into full-on political election season. That's true here in South Dakota, and it's true everywhere. And the primaries are just weeks away. I think early voting starts, like, tomorrow for the uh, Republican primaries for governor and for Congress. Ah, good times. And then, of course, you've got the general in the fall, which is going to be full-on smackdown across the country as we've seen uh, the things get just a little bit tighter out there in Washington. So it's going to be an aggressive period, and I doubt that during said aggressive period that anybody's going to be in any mind to work together on anything. 
So pretty much business as usual. But what I want to spend a little bit of time, the rest of our time here talking about today is golf. Speaking of the president on vacation at his at the uh, Mar-a-Lago where they're playing some fine golf, we have a few courses here. It's no Mar-a-Lago, but we have under city control Elmwood, uh, Prairie Green, and Keene, which Keene is, you know, a little nine-holer, a little executive niner over there in the southwest part of town. But there's a big meeting tonight to decide who's going to run, hopefully decide, who's going to run those golf courses for us in the near term. As you recall, the city council last week declined to approve and deferred on the decision to approve the contract for Landscapes Unlimited, a Lincoln, Nebraska company that won that contract after 23 years under Dakota Management, Dakota Golf Management, which is a local firm. And uh, we've been talking about this all the time. Uh, one, you know, it, it's golf, so it's not going to change anybody's life, right? Uh, but it's, it's, very, it's important and it's fun to watch uh, because it has been so messed up. As you'll recall, and uh, Joe Sneevy, as I said earlier, is going to be on the show in the second hour, and uh, we're going to go hash through. You know, Joe's got some inside inside view on all this. He can he can see the eye rolls when he's sitting there out in the crowd. But if tonight could be a good time, good times, people, good times. Uh, if you can't go down in person, I I suspect there'll be a big crowd down there at Town Hall, Carnegie Town Hall, at seven o'clock for the special meeting. But you can also watch it on Channel 16 on your Midco cable. It's going to be fine political theater. It's the only thing on the agenda. As I said, it's a special meeting called Just to Take Care of This Contract because the old one runs out on the 31st at the stroke of midnight. And then if we don't do anything, nobody will be running our golf courses in January. Chaos. Chaos, people. But no, you have to have a contract in place. You know, you can't just let it float. What if the pipe breaks or something like that? But... You so you you know they had to come back after Christmas to clear up this ugly mess. Uh, but the one of the things on the table here, and okay, let's remember how we got here. So twenty three years of Dakota Golf Management under Tom Jansa, Terry Comstock, and Tom Jansa now the president of it. And earlier this year, the administration says, eh, "We're thinking about putting that bad boy out for an RFP. We're thinking about taking requests for proposals to find out if there's anybody else that could run our golf courses." Uh, however, here's, here's your old caveat, which is fine. I mean, that's, that's the way it works, right? That's business. You either get the contract, you don't get the contract, but they had just gone through Elmwood. You remember, uh, the airport people, the FAA came in and said, um, we need just a little scope. We need to scosh more land around the airport there for safety and such. And so we're going to have to take some of that golf course from you. So they redesigned the whole place. All uh, 27 holes. It's a, it's got three nines, and it took uh, took three years, four years, and there's other stuff. They haven't had full use of all three golf courses in this town for five years. Okay, so you come out of that and you say, hmm, we're gonna do, we're gonna redo this. You guys have been taking this hit now for how long? We're gonna we're gonna take take that away from you, or we're gonna put it back up. They can compete. Everybody can compete, right? So they go through the process. Two local companies, Dakota Golf. And Great Life, the Tom Walsh company, and uh, uh, comes out, Landscapes Unlimited from Lincoln wins the bid. Fine. That's cool. Well, then it turns out that the city uh, apparently offered them all the equipment. 
Well, the city doesn't own the equipment. They don't own the carts. They don't own the mowers. They don't own nothing but the building and the actual golf courses. So what if Tom Jansa, who owns all this stuff, says no? Well, then the city's got to go find it from somewhere else, don't they? Hmm, good times. Well, it's a secret process, and we've been talking about the secret process forever. The, the, the secrecy of the process has just made everything worse, okay? Just give Dakota Golf Management this one-year contract. The, the, the administration has been lobbying the council behind the scenes. Like, we're going to get, tell them we're going to get sued by this company from Lincoln. You know, really, really. They don't have a contract. It hasn't been approved. What are they going to be out? Nothing. That's what. That seems like a straw man of the highest order. There's no easy way out tonight, all right? The only good one that's best for the people is to continue that contract for another year. In the very near future, the city needs to make a long-term decision on whether to redo the RFP or change the parameters or what. However, there's so much suspicion at this point that the administration of Mayor Mike Uther should just step aside, leave it to the new mayor. It doesn't need to be done. Extend the contract, leave it to the next administration, clear the air, cooler heads will prevail, everybody will be able to play golf, it'll be great. That's what's really in the best interest of the city and the customers who use that course. The customers, who also are taxpayers. Do what's in the best interest of the city right now, then figure it out, start over, reset, and everybody will be happier in the long run, I can guarantee you. That's the bottom line on the PL statement for today. Agree or disagree with me, you can email me, patrick at kso.com. As usual, you can follow along and chat with us on Twitter at PLally Show. We're also running on the Facebook Live, so you can always get a hold of me there. If you want to go to you want to go to Facebook, we're live on KSO. Look us up, man. Coming up after the break, after the news and weather, we're going to talk to the Buffalo Maiden, get an update on uh, the whole Custer Fire thing. Buffalo Maiden got to drive through the park. She's going to let us know what she saw. That's all coming up on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. 334 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And I heard uh, Sister Golden Hair this morning on the radio on B102.7. And I thought, you know what? That reminds me of the Buffalo Maiden. I think I'm going to call her today and see what's going on out in Custer. Buffalo Maiden, what's going on out in Custer? Hey, Merry Christmas, Pat. Oh, Merry Christmas to you. That's right, Evan. You know, I haven't actually talked to you for a while. No, you haven't. We, We had a break. We had a week off. Yeah. So it feels like forever. It does. And you know what? I just heard your weather. Our weather is actually, uh, we're cold, but we're nine degrees. You're you know? kidding me. In Custer, in the banana belt? That doesn't happen, does it? In the banana belt. We are sunny and nine degrees. It's beautiful out. You can be out hiking. I should be, because you ain't, if we, you go outside here, you're taking your life in your hands, as you know. Yes. Yeah, well, over there, yes. It's it's a warm cold over here. That's what they say. It's a dry cold. <laughs> it's a dry it's cold. It's a dry cold. There's no yes. wind, you know. No. It's beautiful. We uh, went out to Custer State Park today. Today you did? Uh, cause the, today, because the park is open. And, uh, you know, it, it was so incredibly beautiful. It is, there's places that are so untouched. And it's, uh, we had some snow. We had a couple inches of snow. 
which is awesome. And it was just crystal clear and smooth, and it was just so beautiful. Custom oh, State man. Park is absolutely beautiful. I think I, I'm not worried about what the fire, the effects of the fire. I think it's only going to enhance. Yeah. So if you're just uh, if you're in town for the holidays, you know, and you're listening to the program as you're driving around with friends, we had a big fire out in Custer where the Buffalo Maiden resides. It was now what did they call it? The lo- the lo- Lodge Lake. Earth. Oh, Leeton Lake, Lodge Lake. What the? I don't oh, know. I, you know, I don't know where. Leeton Lake Fire, which is so interesting. So we drove to Leeton Lake, thinking, okay, here's where it starts, mm-hmm. and it was kind of started. And we kept going through. If you if you know the road out to the game lodge, it wasn't too bad. Although I had seen some pictures of some really horrific flames around some of the buildings, but no buildings were destroyed, and it wasn't too bad. And then we got into the wildlife loop, and it was like, okay, this is doable. This isn't going to affect anything. And then you really get in there, and uh, there are some obviously burnt areas, but no trees. Like the treetops aren't burnt; it's just the some of the bark. Well, that's is, weird. It will be burnt. Some trees were burnt, but not too bad. But the coolest part is, you know, they have the majority of the buffalo are um, corralled right now, um, and there's seating stations all along the way. People donating hay, which I just made a donation for. So if you need to, with all that money you got from Santa, yeah. Um, Give it to farmrescue.org. They will uh, they will help those who were harmed by the the fire. Really, farmrescue.org. Yes, and they'll buy. Or you can just go. Oh, what? They'll buy hay for the the bison. They buy hay. They help. You know, because there are ranches down there too. But oh. but we we saw several feeding areas where they are feeding. Um, obviously, because the grass was burnt. That was, the majority of the grass was burnt, and far away it was burnt. But I. You know, I, I think um, people should come out and see, you know, Custer State Park. Don't be afraid that, you know, it was the third largest fire. We were very, very fortunate in this situation. Yeah, you know, they said it was the third largest fire, and that makes you think, oh, my God, that, that's something else. There's fires out there all the time. But, you know, a lot yeah. of it was just like grassland. It's just nature's way. I know, and it, <laughs> I think it's going to be beautiful in the in the spring. Well, you know, spring for us is july yeah but um, <laughs> be, i have my calendar it's marked it's gonna be beautiful yeah <laughs> the first day of summer is the first day of spring here yeah but uh you can also donate to help with uh, the parks too so I, I don't mean to promote but uh oh, go ahead um custer state or not custer state park but the game fishing park has a custer state park site as well to help with uh with whatever infrastructures that need help with obviously all the, a lot of the fencing was burned um, there is some cleanup, obviously, that they have to do, some mop-up that they're going to have to do. But uh, So you can also donate there if you have some leftover money from your Christmas funds. Well, that w- that's awesome. So you, yeah. you threw in a little something-something for the I for threw the in a little something-something. Just, I just don't think they take one certain credit card. Uh, so. <laughs> you're going to have to go back and put a little something-something again? i got to go back. Got it. i got to go back. Are you yeah. coming out? Are we going to see yeah. you out here in this fire? I'm leaving Saturday morning, but I'm going to Spearfish. I don't know. I don't know uh, if I'm going to get all the way down to Custer yet. You want to come up to Spearfish? It's a long way. Well, it is. It's like a day drive. It, well, and it's kind of scary because you're turning and the twisting and the and the bridges and yeah. stuff. It's like going to Mitchell on Highway 38. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> but the view's a lot prettier. No, it's exactly like that because if you take Highway 38 to Mitchell from uh-huh. to, you, uh-huh. uh, you know you go by the bison there at Buffalo Ridge, <laughs> it's exactly <laughs> the same as driving through Custer. <laughs> You gotta look out for the elk. That's the only thing I didn't see today when we were out and about was uh, elk. I saw we saw pronghorn turkeys, which is awesome to see the turkeys. Which you know I don't love turkeys, but uh, you just don't buffalo. love turkey. 
period. I just don't love turkey. <laughs> yeah. no, we didn't have it. Now, a little no. background. You, you are a chef. You do own and operate a restaurant in downtown Custer. And, yes. you know, put in the plug. Go ahead. This is where you plug. Yes, the I'll put in, so we're open year round. We're open this week, Wednesday to Saturday. So come on and visit us when you're out here looking at Custer State Park. There you get go. out. Get out of the city. Come in, and, and enjoy and explore. But for some reason, you hate turkey. I hate turkey. I, well, it's just so, it's so overrated. <laughs> so we didn't have turkey. And, yeah. and chicken, too. Chicken is kind of a, yeah. an, uh, sort of, you're just a sort wild of turkey. Antifa. I wouldn't mind eating wild turkey because you cover it in about a pound of you know, bacon, and then it's really good. <laughs> <laughs> it's no bison. That's how you do it. What did you make yeah. for Christmas dinner, then? Did you cook, or do you, you just, no? We kind of cooked. We just made, um, it was just a small, there was only my parents and I, so we don't, uh-huh. uh, they don't eat very much. So, you know, we just had TV dinners. It was really good. Well, you just need something but, to go with the cocktails and then you're fine. <laughs> right? Yep, I mean, that's what we do. What did you make for Christmas? Yep. Well, I started with a Bloody Mary and then I went to a Manhattan and then at some mm-hmm. point I had a potato. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> it was delicious. Christmas from the hills. Yes, it is. So Nobody what do you got? To know. What's, uh, what else is coming up? Is there anything I can, you know, any other big events going on out in the Black Hills that might draw me out there? Other well, than yeah. You know, on New Year's Day, see, I thought you were coming down. So they have the first day hike, which is a you know, nationwide program that they do that they've been doing, I don't know, for years and years and years. But you do a first day hike and in the park, so um, in the state park. So I thought that would be kind of fun. Yeah, I think uh, they're doing that happening. here. I think they're doing that at Good Earth, too. Good Earth State Park. Yeah. Yeah, good. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So they're doing that in Custer. Well, I won't be there in the morning for sure because I got, I'm I'm leaving Saturday morning. So that's you know a we're long supposed drive. to get about six inches of snow. When? So you know when Saturday. I mean, start paying attention to your weather. Log. Oh, that's all yeah. I need. I don't want to have Which to drive is, in snow. No, I don't either. But it will be awesome for us because I just after being out in the park, I was kind of channel, channeling like walking on the moon out there because it was like like it was so smooth. And that, well, I guess the moon probably does, isn't as smooth. I don't know, but um, it was just so surreal. And so, more snow will make it even better. Yeah, and I'm supposed to go skiing, so there needs to be snow. But that's, you know, that's not even your part of the uh, world. No, that's know. like being. You're like you might as well be in North Dakota when you go to Spearfish. I know. I know. There's yeah. they're kind yeah. of strange people mm-hmm. up there. I look forward. You know, I'm comfortable in Custer. I'm not really comfortable. I I have my yeah. places. You know what I mean. It's a nice city. It's a really nice city. And it, please go to Leeds then and go to, can I plug another, a little brewery sure. there or no? Yeah, go. Dakota Shivers. They're open Tuesday through Saturday from 2 to 8, I believe, which is so exciting because it used to just be three days a week. Um, Dakota Shivers is just a little two-barrel brew pub, one barrel. I mean, they're just out of this world awesome. In Leeds? In Leeds. Leeds has something going on. <laughs> You're, I'm yes. kind of bowled over by this. That means I don't have to go to Deadwood, right? Ooh, you don't, I don't mean that. Uh, I mean, I mean, I won't spend as much time as I usually do in Deadwood. Right, <laughs> right. Because there's nothing in Deadwood. Deadwood no. is dead. dead. But uh, but <laughs> just you know, except for that one uh, wheel of fortune machine at the Silverados. Do <laughs> that one, man. That's a good one. <laughs> well, uh, Buffalo Maiden, thank you very much for being with us today. Yeah. And uh, you know, maybe our paths will cross if I can make it happen. All right. Well, Happy New Year if I don't see you. You too. Have a lovely day. Thanks. You too. This is the Patrick Lally Show. And next we're going to talk about uh, hamburgers, actually. 
the burger the burger battle in downtown Sioux Falls. That's all coming up next. Information one thousand K S O O. Three forty-six on the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand K S O O. A little uh, cheeseburger and paradise for all you good people from Mr. Jimmy Buffett to lead us into a great event coming up in Sioux Falls in January, and that is the downtown Sioux Falls Burger Battle. And here to tell us all about it, Mr. Joe Bachelor, president of the downtown Sioux Falls. Joe, thanks for taking a few minutes today. Hey, Patrick, thanks. Appreciate that. Appreciate so, the opportunity. Yeah, so the burger battle, uh, this is just what we need for January, right? <laughs> Food. Yes, exactly. Uh, you know, just got to put on that winter layer, and uh, this is going to help, you know. <laughs> exactly. Nothing says getting through winter like a bunch of uh, uh, ground beef. <laughs> so um, tell us, the burger battle, this is not the first year, is it? No, it's not. This is our fifth year of doing it, oh and uh, it has been probably one of our more popular promotions. People just love this one. So, uh, we're pretty excited about it. I know all of our participating businesses are too. We've got uh, six businesses, uh, six restaurants that are uh, uh, have burgers that are going to be featured in it, and uh, they all have pretty unique names as well. Um, so, uh, yeah. So six restaurants, right? Is that what you said? Six? Yeah, yeah. Um, and which restaurants are we talking about here? Uh, so JL Beers. Mm, that's a good burger. Burgers is kind of their thing. Uh, Pave is mm-hmm. in it this year. Uh, they're a newcomer. We have Ode to Food and Drinks. They have a fine uh, burger there. I've had that one. Yeah, yeah, they do. Um, and The Market. The mm-hmm. Market uh, has been in it every year. And our reigning champions as well. Oh, that's right. They they took home the big money last time, right? That's right. Yeah. Uh, and then Tommy Jack's Pub. They're they're a newcomer this year as well. So we're excited to have them. And Wiley's Tavern. Uh, Wiley's has been in it, uh, I think, for about the last three or four years now. So, um, yeah. yeah. Sounds great. So how does this work then? Like, I, I mean, I know how to go get a burger, but <laughs> what happens after that? Okay, so, uh, you know, the, what we ask people to do is to, uh, you know, as is all the rage these days, you've got to take a picture of your food, right? And then uh, throw it on Instagram, put a hashtag, BurgerBattle18, and you have a chance to win a $25 gift certificate to one of the participating businesses. Uh, and we give out, we do a drawing each week. So uh, it'll be uh, uh, at least one winner per week. Yeah, baby, that's what I like to hear. Yeah, yeah, and you get a you know you get to eat a great burger while you're doing it. So, uh, so then uh, how does how do you decide who's the like? So last year, yeah. the market they won. I remember that burger. That was a good looking burger. Uh, how how do you decide who wins now? Okay, so we have yeah we have a criteria. Um, and you rate the burgers on uh, five different. Five different areas, uh, patty, presentation, toppings, bun, and then customer service. And oh. so, uh, yeah, you know, the, each week we uh, do a running tally of, 
of who's in the lead and uh, whoever comes out on top at the end of the month. Uh, they're, they're crowned the winner. Restaurant gets to uh, have their name engraved on the Burger Battle Cup. and uh, Traveling trophy? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's outstanding. So. What does that traveling trophy look like, Joe? Uh, you know, it's... Uh, if we have a picture of it online, but it, it's uh, it's it's not quite the Stanley Cup, but yeah, it's kind of uh, you know a, a, a gold trophy uh, with a couple of plaques on the, yeah. uh, the bottom there. Joe yeah. Bachelor, president of Downtown Sioux Falls. What else is coming up downtown, Joe? You know, we've just come off the big holiday season. Everybody's full of cheer, and then January hits, and you know, people need something. What what's going on downtown to to keep me in good spirits? Well, uh, we have a lot of uh, the downtown bars and clubs and hotels that are doing their own New Year's Eve bashes, uh, Crave Restaurant, Crawford's, Wiley's. Uh, we've got uh, New Year's Eve at the Elride Shrine, uh, Woodgrain. All these, you know, just come downtown on New Year's Eve and you'll find a, a place to hang out and have a great time. And you can get a hotel room and, you know, then you don't have to worry about getting home. Exactly. Yeah. Have a staycation. There you go. Uh, so, yeah. That's so that's that's kind of the big thing coming up. New Year's, we're just uh, gearing up for that. And does First Friday continue through the winter? It does. Yeah. We, um, you know, we're, so we're kicking off. Uh, we usually kick off our First Fridays with some kind of uh, DTSF promotion. We don't necessarily have one every single month, but um, usually there's, there's something going on uh, at our various uh, businesses downtown. Uh, and so we'll be, we'll be promoting that um, as that approaches as well. Yeah, everybody was pretty excited about the opening of the Blarney Stone. Yeah, yeah, it's been, you know, and it, they've, they've had a really good opening. Um, I've been there like four or five times already <laughs> since yeah. they've opened. Um, they have, they do a great lunch, uh, and it's you know it it actually kind of feels like you're in Ireland. Yeah, and they also kept the old basement from what was Touch of Europe, which was really a neat thing because that was a cool space. Yeah, yeah, definitely. There's a lot of people that uh, you know have a lot of good memories from there, and so I thought that that was a nice touch of them to. Uh, Keep that uh, sort of ambiance that they had uh, with Touch of Europe carry over to Blarney Stone. Yeah. And, you know, that part of downtown, that stretch between, like, right around the Federal Courthouse Plaza there, a lot of restaurants and bars there now. That's outstanding little stretch of downtown. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Josiah's is going to be relocating uh, to what used to be the old Aggie Transmission Building. Yeah. And um, they're... Uh, that, that that's going to be really neat too. They've got a a great um, patio that uh, we'll all be able to take advantage of when the weather turns a little nicer for us. And um, yeah, we've got I don't know. I think it's probably like uh, seven or eight restaurants all within a one block area there. So it's you can just park your car, end up uh, in that area, and it's like you don't even have to make a reservation. You just walk around and figure out where you want to go. It's great. Uh, Joe Batchelor uh, from president of Downtown Sioux Falls. The big burger battle kicks off on Tuesday, January 2nd. Get down there and uh, check on the six different uh, participants in the burger battle. I suppose I can go and find out all the information on this uh, at Facebook or what have you, right, Joe? Yeah, you can check out our Facebook page or go to DTSF.com. We've got all the information there on our events calendar. That sounds great. I look forward to a big old juicy burger in January. All right. Thank you, Joe. Thanks, Patrick.
Coming up after the news at the top of the hour, we're going to talk with uh, uh, the KDLT weather crew over at KDLT News. And then we're going to have Joe Sneavy in, uh, who is the City Hall reporter for Argus Leader Media. And we're going to talk about golf and all kinds of good stuff. That's coming up after the news and weather and all that. This is the Patrick Lally Show on Information 1000 KSOO. 356 on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. Creedence Clearwater Revival, Fortunate Son. You know, I was just talking with Joe Batchelor, president of Downtown Sioux Falls, and we mentioned that first Friday is January 5th this year, this month, and that's coming up here after the big New Year's celebration, but, you know, it's never too early to get out and about and take in a little downtown ambiance and have a good time. That's all day Friday on the 5th in downtown Sioux Falls. It's a special day of shopping, dining, and playing. And here's the other thing. This month, there's free admission to the Kirby Science Discovery Center and Visual Arts Center and discounted Wells Fargo Cynodome tickets and more. It's always great to get downtown on the first Friday. It just gets a little bit of that festivity back, you know, and then February gets here and start feeling a little better and then march and then pretty soon it's st patrick's day and you're at the parade and life is good i love the st patrick's day parade as you might guess i have a long long history with that parade i'm sure we'll talk about that when it comes around again Coming up in the second hour of the show, we're going to talk with Joe Sneavy. He is the City Hall reporter for Argus Leader Media. And uh, many of you may be following Joe's coverage of the big golf stuff and everything else that's going on with downtown and the Copper Lounge building. So we'll hit on all that with Mr. Sneavy after the news and the weather at the top of the hour. So that'll be good. And, uh, of course, Joe has all the latest on what's going on behind the scenes with the golf experience and the uh, some of the controversy surrounding the building, the Copper Lounge building and what's going on there. We'll get updated on all of that coming up in just a little bit right after the news and the weather. This is the Patrick Lally Show on Information 1000 KSOO. Four fifteen on the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand KSLO. It's Pearl Jam. Go. It's a good one. It is, and uh, we do this in honor of our guest. Whenever Joe Sneavy is in the house, we play Pearl Jam, and he sent me a set list today. So. We are, there's not going to be Jeremy or any of that crap today. Well, I figured you've got to switch it up for your listeners, you know. I, the Alive, Jeremy, Even Flow, Trio. Yeah. You while, know, you, while it's worthy and has merit, um, diversity is a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I said. And so I was happy you actually sent me some songs because I never would have found these. I don't. I mean, I, I could have. They're not that obscure. but 
It's a high energy song too. It is. That's you it's, sent me good. I listened to them and they all they're all good intro songs. Yeah, I was thinking of you. A second. Our Facebook Live uh, uh, viewers got a special treat there, <laughs> except they can't hear the music. So beautiful. Well, that's how it goes. They don't have headphones. Uh, now we like to bring Joe in from time to time to talk about all the great things that are going on in our city government because everything's rosy, right, Joe? Yeah, perfectly rosy. If you like controversy, conflict, and you know I do. Yes. You know, if you're a uh, afternoon radio uh, talk show host. Controversy and conflict are sort of the bread and butter. Well, I agree. I mean, what would I write about? And you've been yeah. writing a lot. There has been a lot going on, Joe. Yeah, we weren't supposed to have a council meeting tonight. I know. That's what but we're going to talk get, about. I get to work late tonight. So um, tell yeah, me, think, tell poor... me, you were going to take the day off and enjoy some lovely family time between the Christmas and New Year's holidays. Tell me, that's what you were going to do. Well, I was going to do that, but you know, <laughs> news waits for nobody. So that's right. Uh, towards the end of last week's meeting, when the city council was debating the uh, golf contract, um, city hall wants to give it to Nebraska-based Landscapes Unlimited. Uh, they had a meeting where they were expected to approve the contract. Uh, after more than an hour of public outcry about the process, you know, and uh, taking the work away from Dakota Golf Management who's had a long history with the city. 23 years. Yeah. But, so you know, I mean. I mean, it's government. You can't just keep handing right. it off, right? It's got to be competitive once in a while. And they hadn't done an RP for a long time. But the plant, the timing of it all was a little suspect for some people, being as the golf courses have been out of commission periodically since 2012. And this next year will be the first year they're fully functional. Dakota Golf Management's like, well, why don't we get the first crack at this? We've you know, worked with the city and dealt with the growing pains. And now that the growing pains are gone, you're just going to take the work away from us. Yeah, And they manage this construction project, you know, all the city had to do was say, yeah, we got to do it, you know, and Dakota golf took care of a lot of the details, probably not all of it, but a lot of it. And it was a complete revamp of Elmwood. Right. And it was none, none of it was Dakota golf's doing. They just were along for the ride and their finances took a hit over it their numbers weren't as good as they wanted it to be and now they feel like they're being punished for having a little bit of struggle when the reason why they struggled was because of what the city put in front of them and also a changing marketplace because great life has come into the market during that time right that's kind of turned everything upside down yeah which is tom Walsh. i mean if people don't know great life is tom walsh who is the was the dakota uh dakota king it was burger king and owned a bunch of burger kings very done very well for himself uh, started this great life. He bought Willow Run, uh, sort of against his will at one point, and then ended up buying, starting Great Life, which became this behemoth in the market and runs how many golf courses? Like 18, 20? Uh, I don't know an exact number, but I know they have like 40,000 members within, uh, I think, a 50-mile radius of Sioux Falls. And it's all it's all a monthly fee. You can play anywhere. You can go You get to, other perks, yeah, too. You yeah. know, you get gym memberships. Um for a, for a while, you get free movies, mm-hmm. watch free movies at West Mall 7. Bowling. Bowling. Yeah, so there's a lot of incentive. One of the, I guess, drawbacks to that I've heard is the courses can be too busy yep. at times, and it's hard to get a tee time. Especially the good courses, Willow Run and Baker Crossing. Yeah, so I'm not a golfer myself. You should I've, start. I've been kind of surprised by how impassioned people are in Sioux Falls about this whole deal. Um, you know, there was so much energy in the room last week. All because of golf, right? Like, 
some people put it in perspective at the beginning of the meeting, like there are people dying on the streets outside because mm-hmm. it's cold, and we're in here debating about who's going to manage our golf courses. It's so, a quality of life issue. Yeah, and I mean, it's important to a lot of people. The city owns three golf courses, so they, it's a part of what they do. So that's a conversation that has to be had. We're talking with Joe Sneavy. He is the City Hall Watchdog Report. Is that what it's called now? City Hall yeah. Watchdog Reporter? Metro Watchdog. Met- I'm sorry. Metro Watchdog Reporter. That's a good title. Yeah. Uh, with Argus Leader Media, and he's been covering um, City Hall now for how long? Uh, about three years. That's a pretty good run. So I'm A lot gonna, of people don't make it that long, Joe. I'm going to make it to the next mayor, I promise. <laughs> so. <laughs> That's funny. They're going to ask for an inter-office transfer. Um, take Ellis's job. He's not doing anything. Uh, so, well, we'll talk about that in a minute. The, was there ever any serious discussion, do you think, in this whole process about saying, what are we doing in the golf business anyway? Not from what I've heard from office holders at this point. I've heard from some mayoral candidates that they should just sell the courses. You know, the city government shouldn't be in the golf business. Um, just just get rid of them. Let somebody else, let the private sector take care of it. But that's not something that has any traction with any elected officials that are serving today that I'm aware of. It's kind of interesting because, I mean, for a long, long time, the, the golf courses were such that municipalities built them to give people access who didn't have access to country clubs or what have you. And it, it was just a quality of life issue. People who enjoyed the game got together and, you know, there was the big World War post-World War II boom and then the other booms in the 80s, but it's not, you know, it's not what it once was. Well, especially with great life, right? Mm-hmm. Making the the sport that much more affordable from what I hear. Like I said, I'm not a golfer, so, but I don't think it's cheap to go golfing every weekend to play a round of golf. It's probably, well, the city pay, courses, it's probably, what, 40 bucks for a round of golf? Uh, it's in the 30s, and then if you get a card, it's, so it's 50 bucks easy. I haven't played at Elmwood for a long time, but... You know, that's if you just walk up, if you have a tea time, you just walk up. I mean, a lot of those folks who showed up at the meeting are members, yeah, member, season pass holders. Right. They're not really members. They're season pass right. holders who've been playing golf in Elmwood for 30, 40 years. And so, but that's a, that's a loyal following. Um, this tapped into that. Yeah, these people, kind of like I said about the timing, I think everybody feels like DGM Dakota Golf is getting a, a raw deal. Tom Janza, the president of Dakota Golf, said he's a, he's okay with an RFP process happening from time to time just because it's government to ensure that things are competitive and they're having the best company that can do the job, do the job. Um, but the timing of it, to, to have this happen right before um, the courses are all going to be fully functional, he he says they should have had the first, the first crack at that. Yeah. And if they can't make the numbers work, then shop it out. And there is something to be said here, and I haven't really thought this through but the the degree to which you have customer loyalty so they're citizens they're taxpayers but they're the customers of the golf course so if you're managing for your customers don't you want the customers to be happy and if all your customers show up at a meeting and tell you you're stupid maybe you've made a bad choice maybe but that's not how that wasn't one of the boxes on the rfp right well no they don't give i i there's been times in the past they use RFPs, and I've asked um, different city officials, is there any credit given for a local company versus a out-of-town company, being as those dollars will stay local? And they said they can't legally make that a part of the scoring. You can't give 
an advantage to somebody local over somebody from out of town. Um, it just wouldn't be fair, and it's it's not there's not as much integrity in mm-hmm. the process if you were to do that. That's not to say the selection committee doesn't think about that in their own heads. You know, it just can't be written down. So, and I thought they were going to give when they would put this up to RF to the RFP. I figured it was going to go to DGM or Great Life, mm-hmm. one of the two local guys, because. Why wouldn't you want to give it to a local company? And then they gave it to Landscapes Unlimited. And I, you know, I thought maybe this is just they knew they were going to make half the community mad if they picked Great Life. They'd make the other half the community mad if you mm-hmm. picked Dakota Golf. Maybe give it to an out-of-stater and everybody can just be mad. You know, <laughs> And that's pretty much what's happened here. So Well, and we're going to talk about this in a second when we come back from the commercial. But uh, Tom Walsh, the head of Dakota Golf, Spoken or not Dakota Golf had a great life. Spoke we in talked favor about. of yeah. He said give give DGM the contract for another year, which is was wild. That blew me away. Yeah, it was a pretty powerful moment in the in the uh, meeting. His big gripe was was about the process too. He didn't feel like he was getting a fair shake. He basically made the claim that as long as the mayor Mayor Huther is running the show, Great Life will never get any city business. Because apparently there's a rift between uh, Mr. Walsh and Mr. Huther. Well, I, apparently the mayor doesn't like Dakota Golf either, but I have no... that I just hear that. But yeah. I don't know if that's true. I don't know if that's true. I mean, the fact they went to the RFP, they say they followed the recommendations of an internal audit that was done a few years back on the golf system. Everything checked out and the courses were fine. Uh, but their one suggestion was, you guys got to put this out for competitive... Um, selecting one just for, for good while. government just sake. for good government yeah. sake so then now they did it they did that and now the result is everybody's questioning the timing so i've kind of feel bad for parks director don carney because he's just caught in the middle of all this you know i don't know that he he wanted to start an rfp process but that's what that was his marching orders and now he's just he gets sent up to the firing squad every yeah. meeting. Yep. Um, we're going to come right back after the news and weather and have more discussion about city politics and more choice uh, cuts of Pearl Jam with Joe Sneavy, Argus Leader Media City Hall reporter. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Four thirty-two on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Some Pearl Jam for you. Animal. The animal. That's what this is? Animal? A good one. I'd rather be with an animal. Do you uh do you know what record this is off of? Versus. Versus? The fir- the first one you played was Go. That's track number one on Versus. This is number two on Versus. Track number three is Daughter. I mean that's just a jam packed album with yeah. classics. Just Smacky in the face, Pearl Jam. At this the time, it was the fastest-selling album in American history ever. It sold over a couple million copies in a week. And if you added up number two through ten on the billboards that same week and added them all together, it didn't even come close to what Pearl Jam sold that first week. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, it was. I, I liken them to. Uh, they were the Taylor Swift of the time <laughs> when it comes to sheer album sales, moving. You know, moving volumes. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of who they were. Do you remember what year this came out? It'd be early 90s sometimes, right? 93. 
and they're still going, man. Yeah, big. Supposed to be a big, uh, big tour year next year. So. Oh, jeez, you have to start saving your pennies. Yeah, that's for a raise. They're doing the Europe in the summer, and I almost bought a bought a ticket, but I figure I'm going to hold out for a United States tour and be able to go to five or six of them. There you go. So. It's a better experience here. We just get just a little bit more of that. At any rate, we're here with Joe Sneevy. He is the City Hall, uh, I'm sorry, media, I'm sorry. Man, <laughs> listen to me. I am screwing it all up. You are the Metro Watchdog reporter for Argus Leader Media. And uh, we've been chatting about uh, golf course management, which is that, that sentence right there all together is something I never thought I'd ever say. But there it is, <laughs> golf course management, Joe Sneevy and I. Who knew it could be so exciting? So golf the meeting's tonight to decide whether or not to, the, what's, what is the question put before the court? The resolution on the table is the proposed contract with Landscapes Unlimited. So they can vote it uh, yes or no. Or no. Mm-hmm. So they can approve it or not. Um, they can also get creative. I've heard that there's, um, there's a chance we'll see somebody amend the contract and the, um, the motion will be a uh, motion to delete all the language yeah. in the resolution. That's what we like to call the strike through. And then replace it with, um, if they want to give it to go to golf, they could say um, and enter into an agreement with Dakota Golf Management to be set or negotiated by the city administration. So what do we know about what the I think you wrote a little something about this today that I read or maybe it was over the weekend that said that the administration, Mayor Huther, has been lobbying the council and warning them that something bad could happen if they don't approve the contract. Yeah, well, they say um, if there's not a contract in place, Dakota Golf's contract ends December 31st. If the contract isn't approved tonight, there will be no golf manager for the city. Um, there, I think it's the way I see it is it's an attempt to dissuade counselors who wanted to just extend this with Dakota Golf Management. Um there also was some talk of last Tuesday night about what can be done since this was a request for a proposal and they made a selection. If you don't go with the selection, can you just pick which one you want to go to or do you have to go to the number two? Because there was five companies. You know, would you have to go to the number two or what are the rules around that? I think it was posturing by the city attorney and the mayor to, to even raise the question that maybe you couldn't dissolve the RFP because there's standard language in all of them that gives all the power to the city. And why would they even say that? Because I heard that, and I'm just like, what are you talking about? If they can't dissolve the contract, then why are they involved? Well, exactly. They've also said that, well, once we've negotiated an agreement, that's an agreement, and you can't back out on it. Well, everybody knows that that's a bunch of BS, because it actually, with the resolution that they will be voting on tonight, authorizes the mayor to enter into an agreement yada 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 until they get a yes vote on that you can't enter an agreement you can negotiate the terms of an agreement but you have to have the council vote on it so i think that was just blowing smoke the last tuesday night you could tell landscapes unlimited wasn't going to walk out of that room with the contract once that became obvious i feel like the administration um, thought let's live to see another day let's defer this a week then we can rally the, you know, circle the wagons, go back to the drawing board, try to lobby these counselors to do what we want them to do. 
Um, it's better to wake up tomorrow than die on the hill today. So I feel like that was the strategy that they put into place. The mayor, uh, the next morning, I emailed him and asked him if he was going to go along with the council's direction and start to work out a deal with Dakota Golf Management. And he didn't, didn't, you know, buy that at all. He he responded with the only direction the council set was to wait a week and figure this stuff out. Okay. And you know, I I got everybody in the room got the feeling that Landscapes Unlimited wasn't going to get the contract. And the reason why they had to delay it a week was to figure out how the minutia of all this will work, not um, not to circle back in support of Landscapes Unlimited. Do you think that there's any? Because uh, the vote was eight to nothing to defer. Yeah. The is there any chance that uh, the lobbying effort here has persuaded counselors to go along with the city administration's choice and, in fact, give it to Landscape Unlimited? Um, well, I know. I guess I don't know what the vote's going to look like tonight. I don't have a real good feel on that. I don't think. Um, I don't think Greg Neitzer, Teresa Staley, or Pat Starr are going to just rubber stamp what the mayor is giving them. The, the, the whole, you have to approve this, otherwise we don't have a golf contract. They're not buying that. They said, well, then so be it. You brought us this contract at the very end of the year. That's your deal, not mine. I'm not going to vote in something I'm not in favor of just because it's inconvenience, an inconvenience to you. Um, I've heard that leadership. Uh, Councillor Rick Kiley has been on the phone with counselors saying, look, we really need to approve this, otherwise we set a dangerous precedent that we're going to, um, not follow through on these RFPs. Uh, so I think that portion of, you God know, forbid, the top leader on the council is going to, is going to be with the mayor on this. Um, Councilor Christine Erickson is totally torn on what to do. She understands the predicament that the city's in without a golf contract. There's also, uh, Dakota golf employees that would be out of a job. If the landscape isn't approved, they've offered to hire these employees. If they don't get it and Dakota golf doesn't get it, these people will be out of a job. Uh, but they also, like like the other counselors, Erickson doesn't appreciate the proverbial box that they've been put in either. And they so. were. They were, giving a, they were given no options. And when you do that to people, you think they're just going to, particularly in the current atmosphere, just go along with you? I don't think so. Right. What do you think? That's, that's, a wrong, that's a wrong question. Um, because you don't just think things. Based on your reporting, what is going on here? Why is there so much vehemence against, I, I don't know that it's directly against Dakota Golf. I don't know that. But for a change, so much uh, enthusiasm in the mayor's administration for a change of management. You know, I don't know what the, I haven't done any reporting on the interrelationships between Tom Janza and the mayor. So if there's some sort of personal underlying issue. Uh, I'm not aware of that. I haven't heard anybody suggest that that's the case. Me neither, I, just for the record. What I think happened was this audit committee, like I said earlier, audit internal audit recommended an RFP process at some point. They chose to do that, selected a, a very well-respected out-of-state company, Landscapes Unlimited, that's mm -hmm. got its mark on some of the best courses in the world. And they're, you know, they're just along for the ride here. They're caught in the middle like anybody else, and yeah. I feel bad for them in this. But now it's to the point where now the mayor is starting to look bad here to these executives for this company, right? We've, we've selected you 
as our next golf manager, and now I can't get my city councilors to come come on board with it. It might it might be embarrassing for him. You know, he doesn't have control of the situation like he thought he did. Um, so now they we know that when the mayor is pushed up against it, he digs his heels in. He always has conceding on these types of things is not something he does, and I don't think it was, it's within him to say, oh, I guess we didn't think that through. You know, they just they just dig in. So now it's a, it could be more of a pride thing. Yeah, and, you know, th- it wouldn't be the first time that pride and hubris got involved in politics. Um, by the way, I got a note from Matt Staub on the Facebook Live uh, stream. He says he to tell you, former uh, disgruntled former city commissioner Matt Staub, that his tickets are center stage row four. I don't know what show. Guy. I don't know what Cedar, show that is. Cedar Rapids, it's ah. January twenty third. Jason Isbell. Oh, that. Oh, I'll be there. My tickets are in the back, but it's one of those small theaters, so it doesn't really matter. I but. might, I might drive to Cedar Rapids see Jason Isbell. It's you know, this little leg of his tour that was the closest he's going to get. Yeah. So you got to take it. Got to take advantage. We're going to come right back with Joe Sneevy from Argus Leader Media and actually talk about something other than golf. Collapsed buildings. This is the Patrick Lally Show on Information 1000 KSOO. 445 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. More Pearl Jam. The Fixer. The Fixer. This one's a little newer. What's this off of? Uh, Backspacer came out in 2009. Well, that's pretty new. Yeah. So. This, of course, in honor of our guest, uh, Joe Sneevy, Argus Leader Media Reporter. Whenever Joe's here, we play Pearl Jam. That's that's all there is to it, you people. If you got a problem with that, send Joe an email. <laughs> I'm sure Matt Zimmer doesn't like these episodes. He hates Pearl Jam, or at least he, he likes to make me feel like he hates Pearl Jam. It's like he, may, he, he may be just doing that because it's you, but he might hate Pearl Jam. It could be a troll move, or... He might really hate Pearl Jam. That's uh, Argus Leader sports reporter Matt Zimmer, who issued his own top 10 albums of 2017. Yeah. I, he's a sports reporter, people. Come on. Yeah, he's got decent oh, taste in music. He's okay. And he's a big Jason Isbell fan, too. He is. But he's. we just don't see eye to eye on 90s music at all. Like some of my favorite bands, he just can't stand, and I don't get it. Like Toadies, Pearl Jam, um, Tom Waits. Are you a replacements? I hate Tom Waits. Are you a replacements <laughs> fan? A little bit. Because he's a huge replacement yeah. fan. Just like Scott, right? Yeah, Scott Hudson. But yeah. I... I well, Scott uh, doesn't like Pearl Jam either. Not really. So... It doesn't... Yeah. I mean, I'm not a fan or anything, but when I hear stuff like this, I think, well, that's kind of cool. I think what it... I might have been too young when Pearl Jam was at their height, because I hate anything that's too popular. Like, if you can't... If yeah. you can't leave your house without being hit over the head with something, you know, as, like... Movies that get too popular before I see them or whatever. Right. I kind of just shun shun it. And I could see that being the case if I was in my 20s yep. in the early 90s. It's like, geez, enough's enough. But I, I avoided that. I was I didn't get to the show till 96, 97. Well, you're a, you're a lucky man. You're a lucky man because you, you were able to uh, get away from some bad stuff. Um, <laughs> so uh, we're talking about the golf course management, but I want to change it and talk about copper lounge building collapse it's unfair that that gets called now copper lounge building because it didn't have anything to do with copper lounge wasn't even there anymore right but that's what everybody associates with that location yeah so So. a year ago the place collapses uh a construction worker is killed 
And uh, a woman who was living there was buried in rubble for several hours and saved, which was good. But now uh, we've got this new contract for the multi-use facility, and it turns out that the company that got the legacy development uh, is associated with Aaron Hulkerin, who had Hulkerin uh, construction, which was tearing down the building when it fell down. Yep. So that's the, the, the Cliff Notes version of that. Now yeah. there's a bunch more stories coming out that you wrote, you and Ellis wrote this week. Yeah, there's last week. You know, we've just kind of been waiting. Um, OSHA did an investigation following the building collapse and cited Holker Construction for a, a host of violations, uh, and those are all civil. And they fined him about 200 grand. Holkgren Construction appealed those fines as the year milestone um, was coming up. We called OSHA and said, "What's what's going on with the appeals process?" And they said, oh, well, it's been stayed. We're waiting. So we thought, well, what are you waiting for? And so we did some some reporting and worked our sources and figured out that there's a separate investigation happening. And OSHA is waiting for this federal criminal investigation by the U.S. Justice Department to be concluded before they can continue with the appeals. Um, so then that, you know, every answer to a question gives you, you know, five, ten more questions. So then we thought, well, what are they being investigated for? And we were able to uncover some documents that showed that they had uh, illegally removed asbestos from the Copper Lounge site. Whoops. And illegally trucked it through town and illegally dumped it in the city's landfill. Um, they received a $20,000 fine from the state for that in which they were not forced to pay because they were able to Convince, we, we don't got no money. Yeah, they were able to convince the state that they didn't have any money. Hulk Construction didn't have any that money. That entity. That entity that didn't doesn't have mean, any money. And to be fair, that doesn't mean that legacy development right. doesn't have any money. And it doesn't mean Aaron Hulk Grant or Norm Drake don't have 20 grand in the bank. You know, it, uh, But it does show that once the building collapsed, they were able to sell off all their assets fast enough to where once these fines came down, they said, hey, we got nothing for you. so Nothing left in the till. So that's probably a, a smooth business move. But uh, a man died in this building collapse, and there has been zero um, Repercussion. repercussions for it at this point, aside from public trial. And now they're getting a contract, a, a pretty, I mean, it's a good deal. Um, whether you like the project or not, it's a good deal for Legacy to get to be involved in this. It's a good right. deal for the city. Greg Jamison characterized it as a good deal for the city and a great deal for the the developer, which is fine. Right. But people are, they have concerns about Holtgren. There's a real direct connection because Legacy Developments, Aaron Holtgren, who's the owner of Holtgren Construction, is the, I want to say, vice president of development and operations for Legacy. When you go uh, on Legacy's website and click on about us or who's our team or whatever that tab is, you know, he's the fourth person listed on that website and on the city's agreement with legacy which outlines an 80-year lease agreement for one million dollars it says legacy will pay 30 million city will pay 20 on the very back page of that agreement there are four guarantors listed and aaron holkerin is one of them so the way the the public sees it or what i'm getting from our readers and people emailing me and calling me is say uh, a man who was supposedly responsible for a building falling down and taking the life of somebody 
is now being rewarded with the city project. And, and somebody's pointed out that they selected Legacy through a request for qualifications. Not which, proposal. Which is different than a request for proposal. It's broader. It which lost. they did on that site the first time, and the deal fell through with a different <laughs> company. I think the first time was an RFP. It was. And then they That's came. what I'm saying. They did an RFP the first time. The deal fell through. Yep. They came back and did an RFQ, which allows them to pick the company. Yeah, they get to pick the company. They're not, they're not picking a project. They're picking a company to work with, and then they navigate to the to the goal line um, from there, which they have more leeway. It's broader. But you're basing your selection on the most qualified company. And they made the selection of Legacy Developments two months after this building fell down. You know, I'm... I'm no doctor, but <laughs> you would wonder, like, qualifications. Have you ever had a building fall down? The other issue here is um, the fact that the city didn't tell the council that in they there's a, the implication here. And tell me if I'm wrong, is that the city knew that uh, Hulker and Construction had been fined for this. Uh, right. And all this had happened and that the, there was an investigation and all that was going on and didn't tell the council before they approved the other deal. Right. There was, and the city would like, they haven't answered any of my questions about this, but I would imagine they would say, well, that has that's Holtgren construction. We're partnering with legacy development. Right. There's no reason why we would bring that up. But um, now you, this is again, different from an RFP in that you di- It is a subjective choice, right? You chose this company for whatever reason, right. what's the reason? They do a, a scoring just like they do with the RFPs, but it's more centered around um, the company itself as opposed to what they're promising to deliver. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's just there was just a, a lot of or a lack of communication, I think, in the process. Um, the legacy folks behind uh, or the folks behind Legacy never once that I'm aware of spoke at a public meeting when they were debating this parking ramp. No counselor ever called Norm Drake or Aaron Holtgren to the stand. Nobody ever asked publicly what guarantees do we have that whatever eventualities play out from the building collapse, um, that our building uh, parking ramp project will be immune from any of the fallout from that. Nobody's ever asked that publicly. Um, They've never been given, the city administration has never answered that question publicly. I specifically asked that question Again, last week in an email to the city attorney's office, they responded with, we don't comment on ongoing investigations. And I responded, well, that's fine. I didn't ask you to comment on the ongoing investigation. I asked you to tell me why the public should be confident that its parking ramp project is sound. Weren't they commenting before the investigation became public? On the parking ramp? Sure. Yeah. So yeah. It only they only quit commenting after the investigation became public. So clearly they commented on the... No. Well, I wonder now yeah. if they're going to use this as a shield to just not talk to. Well, they've only got a couple of months left, so. Yeah. I think everybody's just, I, there's a bunch of reset buttons that need to be pushed in terms of just everybody's relationships. Is that fair? Yeah, things have really soured uh, between the council and the mayor. You know, I don't I don't see that getting patched Better? up no. before May. No. Well, uh, that's why we have term limits. Uh, anyway, Joe Sneavy, uh, Argus Leader Media Reporter, thanks for being here today. Thanks we'll, for having me. We'll thanks. touch base again here real soon. Thanks for playing the great music. Hey, no problem. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. 
458 on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. And we're back from Christmas. And we come back with The Clash, of course. This is Radio Clash. Always going to be with us. Follow along at the debate tonight with uh, Argus under slash Joe. Find out what's going on at City Council. It'll be fun. You can find it at P. Lally Show. Coming up tomorrow, Taniza Islam. I messed that up. That's okay. This is the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. The Nick Hughes need you. Homewood Suites by Hilton, Sioux Falls.